So you can't do that. But you know why? Because I'm, when you guys see me, everybody's full of awe. That makes me, me awful. I don't want to be. Everybody has some awe when they see me. So I get to be awesome. Just kidding. Bad joke. Anyways, good. Morning is a, is a good follow-up to that. Good, right? Well, that's, yeah, we've got that. Good. We're going to move on from this point here. Good. Stop it. What does this mean? What's this mean? God is good. What is good? God is good is awesome. But what is good? Besides God, we know that God is awesome. We know that God is good. Positive. Positive. That's a great adjective. Is that right? Is that the right? Okay. Ed, is that an adjective? All right. Where's Jessica? She's a first grade teacher. She could probably answer that for me. Anyways. <clears throat> I'm sorry? Yes. Good. So I wear this shirt, and it's a... Uh, so I listen to this podcast, and this guy, he's a former Navy SEAL. He's always talking about, you know, when I was in Iraq and blah, 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 blah. Right? But he's got this thing where he says, good. Everything's good. He gets some adversity coming at him. Good. Good. Why is adversity good? He's got, uh, you're not getting all this, this thing that you need. Well, that's good. Why? Why is that good? Because all those little things that are good that, or that you might think are bad, you have this opportunity to make things better. You know, I'm at the, I'm at the lowest I can be. Well, good. Now you have room to grow, right? I've, I'm at this point where I don't, I don't have, I see all these, my friends, they have all these things. Well, good. You don't want to be like them anyways. You want to be like you. Right? So, good. This should be a mantra that we kind of speak to ourselves, right? Something, something coming up in my life? Well, good. Let's deal with it. Good. So, I'm coming up here today, and I'm going to speak, and I'm going to talk to you guys about stuff. And if you guys at some point were like, gosh, this guy, just remember it's good. Whatever I'm saying is good. <laughs> so, but uh, that is, um, I kind of like this shirt. Today, we're going to be in John 17. So you can go there. We're going to spend the entire day in the entire chapter. Yeah. Yeah, you guys aren't going home. I didn't think you knew this, but... And... See? That's good. You get, you get to go home at some point today. Well, some people aren't saying good. What's going on? Um, so, uh, the title of today's um, sermon is Prayer, right? <clears throat> And prayer is something, and you guys know that I like to elicit responses from you, because I like to treat this like a baseball game, and I'm not a great baseball player in any way, but if a pitcher throws a ball, the guy with the stick at the other end is supposed to do what? <laughs> Hit the ball. So there's a, there's a give and take, there's a reception, there's a, there's a whole thing, right? So if I ask you guys a question, it's, most of the time it's not rhetorical, so I want, I want responses from you guys, and I don't care if they're goofy, just they have to be family appropriate and church appropriate. <laughs> yeah, who am I pointing at? Exactly. So, what is prayer? What is prayer? What's that? Talking to God. That's as, as simple as it gets, right? And listening to him. It works both ways. It's the give and take. 
So we're going to talk about prayer today. We're going to talk about how to pray and what to pray for and, and, and what else is in that prayer. We're going to talk about the person who knew how to pray the best and the most realistic, and that's Jesus, right? We know we're in the book of John. We're leading up to Easter, and we're getting to that point where uh, things are getting dark. Things are getting dark for him. He's starting to see a whole bunch of different stuff. And I want to kind of set the stage before we get into uh, where we're at, where Jesus is at this point. So it's post, post Last Supper, pre-Garden of Gethsemane. We all picture where we're at so far, right? In the chapters preceding this, if you have one of those Bibles that has the red letters, right? It's, there's a ton of red lettering in here. And it's just Jesus telling the guys, look, don't be jerks, don't be dumb, don't be all this different stuff, right? Uh, he's talking about his betrayal. Uh, he talks about Peter's denial. He talks about uh, him coming for them later on, talking about him and the Lord being one, their privilege, the fact that they have a privilege now to go and, and, and be able to speak to the Lord freely. They don't have to uh, go to the priest and have the priest you know, provided they brought a sacrifice enough that they get their answers, prayers answered. All that stuff is, you have a direct line now, promises of the Spirit's indwelling forever, so the, the Spirit will be here. He's going to come when I'm gone. And then his, his uh, request for peace, um, the vine and the branches, the, world, the world's attitude towards Christianity, which we're seeing blatantly clear in the news media and everything else we're doing nowadays, right? He's going to warn of persecution. He's going to talk about uh, the Spirit, the work of the Spirit towards the, the world. And then after his ascension, and then he's going to speak of his death. And he speaks of his death just before he gets into, the, into chapter 17. So we've seen all these different things. And these are all things that we most likely, if, if we've been in church, if we went to Sunday school, if we've done anything, we know Jesus has talked about. And, and so that's not something that we really need to spend a lot of time uh, talking about today, because we have the, we should have this understanding that that Jesus said, "I'm going to come back. It's going to be difficult till I get there." That's bottom line, right? However, you guys have my my number. Call me anytime, <laughs> right? And that's that's the idea. That's where he's he's been this last. It's more detailed. Read it. It's it's super good. However, that's the idea, and but. <clears throat> There's that understanding that, okay, you have my number anytime. How do I do it? How does he do it? How does Jesus do it? Because that's who we're ultimately talking about, right? So, like I said, this morning we'll be, we'll be in John 17. And I'm going to break this up into three parts. It's one big long chapter. And there's not a lot of breakups in it. However, I'm going to break it up into three parts. And so when we get into those three parts after I break it up, it's going to be... Um, a little bit more digestible and usable for you and what you do. Let me ask before I get into it, how many people in here are leaders of one form or another? Oh, that's good. Good. So, chapter 17, is everybody there? I'm going to read the first part and we'll, we'll get, we'll break that up. So we're going to go uh, at least at this part until chapter 6. So, Father, the time has come. Actually, you know, before that, I'm going to read Jesus' prayer, but I'm going to, we're going to pray to God 
on our own. So if you guys would bow your heads. Lord God, we thank you so much that you have given us this opportunity to come to you and learn about you. And we pray that you would make this, make this a, a time where we have this knowledge of you and we have this understanding of this open communication with you. And we love you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, chapter 17. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed. Father, the time has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. So this part, he's talking about what? He's talking about what? What's that? Eternal life. After we die? Now, before, we, before we were even thought of, right? Before, before the world began. He, if you go to the last line, he said, I had peace with you before the world began. So we have eternal life before. We have eternal life after. We have all these things. Jesus is talking about all the stuff that God poured into him and that he built him to go into the world and be part of what we know as Jesus, right? So he's spending all this time talking about... Um, I went out and I did this stuff so I can glorify you. I've done these things so I can prepare this place. I've done these things. I've talked to these people. I've prepared. He's done all these things. He's talking about himself. He's basically giving a very short, summarized resume of his training, his experience, and what he's done with it. So he's talking about who? What was that, Lacey? Himself. He's talking about himself, which is great. So I want you, if you take notes, I want you to take, I want you to write the word self, S-E-L-F, self, because this is what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about himself. He's giving this kind of lining, lining out, lining out who he is and what he's done and what he intends to do with it. And then where he intends to be back to, kind of his, his plan, his goals, right? So he's lining out himself. So the second part starts in chapter 6, and it's going to go, we're going to go all the way to verse 20. I'm sorry, not chapter 6, verse 6. We're not going back in the Bible. We're going to stay in 17 today. So, I have revealed to you those whom you gave me out of the world. So he's still talking to the Lord. He's still praying to the Lord about this. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for, those, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. The glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them. By the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. 
I'm going to take a pause real quick. We show, we, we kind of see the power of his name at this point. This is a super important part because this is a, this is a, this is in which we get all of our, we close all our prayers out with this. We, we have power in this name. And he talks about this part where we have that ability to use that name. Moving on. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be, would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world anymore and I am not of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are they are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me to them, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, they do, and they too may be truly sanctified. If you go back up to that part where he talks about none has been lost except for, uh, none has been doomed to destruction except for the one that would fulfill scriptures, talking about Judas here. And if you're wanting to find out where, what he's talking about, go back to, you're going to go back to Psalm 41.9, and it talks about that exact moment, right, where he's going to lose a, a disciple. But he is doing a couple things in this part. What is he talking about in here? Anybody? How he's protected us. Yep. What, he's, what is he, who's he talking about? The disciples? Who else is he talking about? Us, the believers, right? So he has, so we all know that he had at this point in the Bible, there's 11 disciples. Because at the Last Supper, the end of the Last Supper, he gave Judas, gave him the bread and said, hey, go do your thing. Go do what you're going to go do. And all the, all the apostles were thinking, oh, okay, we're going to, he's going to go give money to the poor. Or he's going to go get some stuff that we need or whatever, because he kept all the money. Well, that's not what he was talking about. We know what he's talking about. We're able to look back. We got 2020 vision on this, right? We knew he was going to go betray him. He's going to do all these different things. However, those 11 guys is who he's talking about. And there was actually, before Judas's downfall, uh, they had 12. And there's actually a, um, uh, there's a study done that showed that if you want to have the most, I guess if you're a teacher of some kind, and you have a class, you have students, the best number is what? Twelve. Exactly. And, they, and they, they found that it's easy to break it up if they need to break it up into small groups, or they can come together, everybody understands, the teacher is able to focus on, you know, twelve students much easier and get to their needs. It's kind of weird that we can look through all these little things that we have today and see that the Lord has, he did that, long ago. He was doing, the Bible speaks about doing all these different things that we can look back and be like, well, that's the most efficient way of doing it. Well, yeah, because he knew what the most efficient way of doing it was. So he takes his 12 disciples, in this case 11, and he's talking about his core group. Now we have all these other people, these, all, all these other followers. We have the 5,000 that he fed with the fish and the loaves. We have the giant crowd that the lady had to go through and touch the hem of his garment. We had the giant crowd that Zacchaeus had to climb the tree so he can see him. All these different things, right? He had giant crowds of people who were having to bring people in on stretchers so they can have him just touch them and heal them. 
these giant groups of people that believed, but they weren't the core group. The core group were these 11 guys. That's his team. And his team is important because his team is what everything's going to be, where all the work's going to get done, right? So underneath that word self, I want you to write the word team, T-E-A-M. Very simple. So we have our team. We have these guys who are specific to what it is, um, the goal in which they're going after. They really know what they're, gonna, they're supposed to do, and they totally trust the Lord. They lo- tr- totally trust their leader because they're saying, okay, he said we got to do this. This is how to do it. And they would even have, uh, the Bible speaks about them having our arguments. Oh, we're supposed to do it this way. Oh, we're going to do it this way. Well, he wants us to go this way. And, I, and even this parts that I'm sure the Bible, the Bible doesn't say it, but I'm sure there were these, these little things. No, we're supposed to do it this way. Because how many times do we have that now? We have that same, those same conversations, right? These guys were, were just dudes. They were just guys. They were just regular rough-and-tumble guys who just did whatever until Jesus said, hey, come, let's do this. Here's, here's some kind of parameters we're going to kind of follow, and here's some lanes that we're going to get in, and then we're going to go do that, and then we have this goal. And they, they said, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So they go after that. So they start learning what they're what they're supposed to go do, but they were a team in order to do that, and Jesus was leading them, teaching them to prepare them. So he spent the last three years doing that. So, third part is verse 20 to 25. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me, and I am in I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them, you in me. May they be brought to complete unity and let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even though, or even as you, I'm sorry, let me go back, have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I, am, where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. Righteousness, righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. This gets a little bit more deep into that. So we start looking at this, this third phase in which I was talking about, which is, what is the topic on this one? What's the name? What's that? Everybody. Everybody. Believers. Believers. Followers. 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 Unity. Humanity. Humanity. Let me go to this part where I messed up. Because I might have lines in there that are blocking my thing. Because I, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me, and I have loved them even as, as you have loved me. What is this? What is this? The what's that? Love. Love. What else is it? It's their mission. It's our mission. It's the great commission. It's their thing that they have to do as a group, 
Their co-mission. It's their mission they have to do together. Now, he's talking to the disciples. He's talking about them first. And then he talks to now the mission. So, yes, we were, it is all about all the believers. But they didn't start out as believers. These people had to go out and go speak into this, speak into the world, right? Their great commission, their great mission to go out and do what it is he wanted them to do. So he starts looking at these various things. Okay, I want these guys to know that they speak my name and they go out and they are able to go talk to these people and bring unity to the world through me. So their mission is to go out and save the lost, right? Their mission, their job, their goal is to go out and do what it is he wants them to do. So we look at the Great Commission, or in this case, their mission. So underneath self and team, I want you to write the word mission. So we have three different parts in here that Jesus is talking about. He's praying. This entire chapter is just Jesus praying about three things, and those are self, team, and mission. Has anybody heard those words before? In that order? Sports. Sports. Where else? Nowhere. It's only in, it's only in youth, high school sports and in the Bible. <laughs> right? Leadership. Leadership. Oh, did I ask that question? Who in here is a leader? How come I only have like eight people raise their hand? Hmm. Hmm. So that might be somewhere where I'm going with this. So once again, let me let me ask this question. How many people in here are leaders? Okay. I, I think I'm a leader. No, no. This is how many people are in here are leaders? If you got a shoulder problem, I can see you not doing this. But Nora, you're a leader too. Don't sit on your hands. So but here's the thing, right? What are, the, what are some the, the top leadership qualities that people look for? Honesty, integrity, transparency, all these different things, right? You guys remember several months ago, I think it was last year, I think it was pre-COVID to be honest with you, I had this easel up here and I, I asked all these, what are these virtues, right? And we said, oh, these are virtues. And then I asked, explain Jesus to me. Uh, well, uh, well, we should have just taken that same list and plopped it over there, right? Well, there are, there's, there's a website, and I honestly, I forgot the website, what it is, but I, they laid out these 20 top leadership qualities, and they are, and, and as I read these, I want you guys to think about how they attribute, how they equate to Jesus, because there, you guys, how many people have read enough about Jesus to know who he is? How many people have not read enough about Jesus and want to know who he is? Everybody should still raise their hand. So, <laughs> right? But that's, that's the idea. Those 20 are empathy, integrity, confidence, humility, accountability, decision-making, emotional intelligence, honesty, delegation, courage, transparency, innovation, trust, loyalty, active listening, and open-mindedness. Does any one of those things not equate to Jesus? Every single one of those. Now, I, I've known leaders, and I've had leaders, and all these different things, where they're like, okay, well, they have 
they have 17 of these, but they don't have all 20. Or, or they, they're really struggling, they, but they got most of them, but they have a trouble actively listening, you know, or whatever the case is. Jesus had every single one of these before he was 30. How many, how many of us have them by the time we're 45, 60, 80, right? And we're still like, yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the whole thing because there's a certain point where you don't care anymore. You're just going to be you, right? That's what Jesus was at. He was at that long ago. He did that when he was a little kid and he left his mom. And he's like, hey, where you been? Why, why'd you leave the caravan? I'm doing my business. I'm doing my, God, my, my dad's business. He wants me to do some stuff, right? And she's like, she knew he was right, but you have a lane to stay in, boy, right? That's the idea. So all these leadership qualities are all there in Jesus. So when we, when we look at the way he does things, and he breaks things down to self-team mission, this is all before the mission. He's looking at things before the mission occurs. And the great mission is when he, he's killed, he's buried, and he comes back. And he comes say, okay, remember, I told you all these things. Go do it now. I got to go. So then he, gets, he ascends to heaven. We understand that when he ascends to heaven, that's when our mission starts. That's when the mission of these 11 guys said, yep, we got to go to work now. So he's pre-mission. So once the mission starts, this gets switched. And the only thing that stays in the same place is the team. The self gets moved, and the mission gets moved, and now the mission comes first. Because, not that the self as in Jesus gets moved, but we become the self. Because we become that point where we, are, we have to learn, and we have to develop our teams, and we have to go do our mission, right? How many people in here were born with the knowledge of everything that's in this book and how to, how to reach the lost, how to speak to people, how to listen, how to be transparent, how to be honest, have courage, trust, all these things. How many people were born with that? No, right? So what we had to do is we had to train. We had to learn. We had to gather gear. We had to develop social skills. We had to build our team. Now, our team can be a worship team. Our team can be a ministry team of some kind. Our team can be our family. Our team can be somebody, our, our group at work, and we have subordinates underneath us. Our team can be your group of close friends. What are some other teams? Your small group, your family. Our church, this is a big team right here, right? And then we break it up into smaller teams. So let's look, I'm going to look at this militarily. So in the military, the smallest team is called a fire team, and that's about three or four guys. And they usually will always have, one of those guys will be in charge of the rest of them. Fire team produces, multiple fire teams create a squad. Now a squad is several fire teams, and then there is a leader on top of that. A squad develops and becomes a platoon. So multiple squads, three to four squads, become a platoon. So the platoon is now this much larger entity, and then the platoon 
becomes a unit or a task unit or multiple platoons become a battalion and that battalion can become another part of another unit and then it keeps going bigger until ultimately the top guy there is the general or the president or whatever and they look over everybody but everything is broken up into these smaller teams so we might have a church in, in our case we might have this giant team we're one big task unit right and our home groups over here are our, our squads or our platoons and then youth group or not youth group but a, a worship team might be another portion it's like a fire team or whatever or smaller platoon. So you break these things up, but ultimately we come together and become a big team. Now, the team has to go and do the mission. And our mission is, once again, seeking to save the lost. So, we, so Jesus is talking about these things where he says, I did this and I laid this out. I, pr I prepared my guys. Basically, here's what he's doing. He's going before for his fire team, his platoon, his squad, his guys, and he's going before the general and saying, okay, so you gave me all this gear, uh, you prepared me, and I used what you gave me, and I told the guys all about you, and um, I've, I've, I've set them up, I've trained them well. And so God's looking at, okay, let's see these guys in action. So these guys are here, and he's, Jesus says, I'm going to give you a couple more tests, you've got a couple more tests before this whole thing's done. Like, you, Peter, you're going to deny me, and you, you're going to do this, and all these different things, right? Everybody had their thing. But he's bringing this stuff to the Lord, saying, you've done this for me. And then here's the team. And they're, pre they're prepared for the mission. Okay, so we're, we're pre-mission. Good. He's going to take this stuff now. Now that he's, he's gone, he's ascended to heaven. And now we are stuck in this point where we are doing what? We are doing the mission. So what is coming first? The mission should first as the team. Individually, the Lord comes first. But as a group... Our mission is first. Now, if you have to go back and you need to take some time to set your affairs straight or deal with a struggling uh, relationship or you have finances that are struggling or different things, you need to work on that. And you need, some, you need to work on yourself and you got to deal with yourself. So that becomes the self. Once this self is good, you can now join, be, get back with the team and be an active participant and being a... What do we want to raise our kids to be? We want to raise kids to be what? Contributing members of society, right? So, and we want them to be leaders in that. So we want them to, now you can join the team and be a contributing member of the team and or a leader of that team. And then you take that team and then now we're ready to go do the mission. But until you are prepared, you have to deal with yourself. Then we deal with the team. Then we deal with the mission. If we are in the mission when the military goes and they're in the middle of a firefight, what are they focusing on? Me, 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 me? The team, 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 team? Or the bad guys shooting bullets at them? Bad guys shooting bullets at them, right? So we want to focus on that first because I don't want to get hit with bullets. And then I got to make sure these guys don't get hit with bullets because now I care about them. And then I got to, when I'm done, okay, no holes, good, right? Make sure I'm good too. When I, when, I was on a, when I was on a SWAT team, what we would do every time before we'd go on a mission, we'd get all geared, we'd get all geared up, and we'd have all our helmets and bulletproof vests and multiple rounds of ammunition and all this. We'd have our rifles and everything. And we'd stand in there, and we'd all be in a line, and there'd be one guy at the very end, one of the, 
one of the uh, assistant team leaders, and he'd go down to everybody individually. And his questions would be, are you doing good? Everything good at home? No issues? Physically okay? All right? Good. Love you, man. Move on. Just like that, those questions. Why is he asking those questions? Make sure I'm focused. Make sure I'm good to go, right? Because I've got to make sure I'm good to go. Home, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm having issues with Melody, right, and we're just butting heads on something, am I good to go to not think about that? No, because that's where, where my mind's at, right? If I'm worried about my house being foreclosed on or my kids being hurt or something like that, am I able to focus on those bullets coming at me? No, right? If I'm worried that you know, there's some other kind of negativity going on. Am I able to focus on everything? The people next to me and the people in front of me? No, right? I'm worried about myself. So the, I, have, I would have to, as the as assistant team leader's coming down, he's asking these questions, I'm, I'm thinking about that. No, no, Mel and I are really good. No, no, Bill's are doing well okay right now. Kids are good. Knee's okay right now. <laughs> Give it another six months, we'll see where we're at. But, okay, no, I'm good. And so by the time he gets to me, you're good? I'm great. I'm ready to go. I can do what I need to do. I can focus on the mission. We have trained already, so hopefully the, tr the team is good to go as a team. Tactics are sound and, and uh, abilities are sound. And then I don't have to worry about myself. But if myself is messed up, I'm going to be no use to the team. I'm going to be no use to the mission. So this is where we have to sit back. If we're struggling with things where... Our, spiritual, our spirituality is struggling, or our finances are struggling, and we're leading a finance class. Is that positive? <laughs> or if we are dealing with a, you know, we're, we're talking about a um, relationship class, husband-wife relationship class, and I, and I seeing somebody on the side, I have more things to worry about than how I'm teaching a class. <laughs> right? But I have an issue, right? I, I am not right to be there. So I have no business leading the team or being there. I have to, I have to get, take care of myself first. I have to train myself. I have to work myself. I have to be there for myself. So fix yourself, and then you can be part of the group. And then once you're there, you can now work with everybody. And then you'll, be, you'll have people there to be able to come alongside you, help you out as you start, you know, struggling of one thing or another. Because we all have those struggles. How many in here has not have struggled before? Good. Devin has raised his hand. He's never struggled. I remember your car got stolen, all your tools. Oh, they don't need tools to do my job. Got it. It's all good. It is. It is all good. Right? Why is it all good? Because the Lord has set it aside that you deal with yourself, you deal with your team, and then you deal with your mission. And then as you're in the mission, you deal with the mission, and you deal with the team, and you deal with yourself. Go out and do your mission, but remember, that has to come first. I have to make sure it's good. But if I'm not prepared to do it, I need to back out and start myself over, and I've got to reset myself, and I've got to be able to train up, work with my team and train with them, and then we can go out. But if you're not ready to go do your mission... It's like the military. They don't go out, they don't go to Iraq without spending at least six months preparing for a, a, a deployment to Iraq in battle, right? You see anybody, anybody ever done anything major in their life and not prepared for it? 
is get up and wing it. Winging's cool, right? I don't remember seeing in here anywhere where it says, oh, that's uh, don't do it on me, number one, just wing it, right? <laughs> that's not there. You don't wing it. God wants us to prepare, just like he's prepared a way for us. He's prepared us by renting the veil into and giving us that opportunity to go in and be part of his world and be able to come to him easy and freely. He's prepared a way for us knowing that we're going to struggle and I had no idea how that's going to be. He's going to clear that path for us. Jesus even says, I'm, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. He's got to get it ready. You have to get yourself ready. You're responsible for you. Who, is, who in here is not responsible for themselves? Perfect, right? Everybody's responsible for yourself, so you have to prepare yourself. And then join in with other people who are a part of your team. Everybody in this room, whether you like it, like it or not, is part of your team. There's all those other churches that are there. They're part of the greater team. But that's cool. We can join with them at some point and become a team. And then we have to focus on our mission. What is our mission? Seek and save the lost, right? That's a third time you said that? Perfect. Sally's going to remember this part because that's what we need to do. And hopefully everybody else does as well. We have to seek and save the lost. And as a team... We need to have, know who our leader is. And if you don't know who your leader is, become your leader. Talk to others. Talk to other leaders. Come up beside them. But know that Jesus has prepared the place for you. And while he was going through all these things and he's praying to the Lord, what's he doing? He's talking about Scripture, these other things that the Lord has prepared over thousands of years beforehand. So he's using Scripture in there as a, as a focus because he's trained on it. And so he's now using it as his mission. Because this whole time, this whole last 33 years of his, has been his mission. He, spent, he didn't need to spend too much time preparing. Obviously, when he was a little kid, he was ready to go teach the Pharisees and teach the priests how to do, do their job, right? How many could, of you, when you were 12 or whatever, could go into anywhere, any professional, and start telling them how to do their job? right? So that's the idea. So what we need to understand is there's that preparation that we have to be looking at. We have to prepare ourselves. He's preparing everybody else. He's preparing to go through a very rough time, and he's pre-mission. We are right now post-mission. We are in the mission, and we have to focus on what it is we're doing. So we have to consider the mission, our team, and ourself. And if we can use that going off of leadership qualities knowing that, okay, he did it this way, oh, okay, I can, I can do it this way too. Then we can just go off of our mission that way. So I have a, uh, I have a podcast that I host every week, and I talk to all these different people. And a couple people in church here have been guests on that podcast, and it's really fun, right? I like doing it. But basically, you go through and you talk to these people about what makes them them. What are the things that they did? And I talk about from the time they are little kids till now. And what have they done? How did they grow up? One thing I've noticed is everybody played outside. Everybody always played outside. At least the people I talked to. They've been, they were out riding their bikes. They were out staying until the lights came on, get in trouble when they got home after the lights came on, things like that. But it's, it's called the What's a Hero podcast, and I'm talking to people who I consider heroes. And these people, they just they spent their whole time 
their whole life serving other people because they knew their mission was to go serve other people. And when I, when I go and I, I talk to these people, I, I, I learn little bits, and there's, there's always one thing that, like one guy was, he was all about integrity, doing the right thing. One guy was just honesty. Everything was just, you had to be honest. You don't, you don't lie, you just be honest. I mean, he was, it, did, it confused him when people told untruths. Another person was just gratitude, just being grateful for their life. You know, things like that. So I talk to these people, and I start figuring out that everybody has this story. Everybody has this, um, what do we call it? We call it in church something different than what everybody else calls it. Testimony, right? You don't hear testimony out in the world too often. We hear that that's a church word. But it's, it's something that we can, we can talk to people about. And we should ask them what theirs is, right? What is your testimony? How, was, how is it you, you prepared yourself to join the team to complete the mission? At what point did you become this person that you are now? And we have to look at ourselves. And if you're not that person that that, that little kid of you wanted to be, why not? Go become that person. Say, well, it's just too late now. It's not too late. You can do whatever you want to go do. The Lord has prepared you to do whatever he wants you to do, and he wants you to do it as you. He doesn't want you to do it as somebody else. So go prepare yourself. Join your team and work your mission. Bow your heads with me if you would. Lord God, we thank you so much that you have prepared that way for us, Lord, that you prepare us to know you and understand where it is that you are leading us, Lord. We thank you for those that come alongside us that will that will join us and help us along the way, that all the work that we've done on ourselves, we know that you did that work. And as we go through and we learn that you have prepared others throughout similar situations, that they can come alongside us and prepare us and help us. They can lead us, we can lead them. And that we can go do what it is you want us to go do by seeking and saving the lost and being open and giving our testimony to others so they can see that they're not alone in this world, but that we want to come alongside them and we want to introduce them to you. So be with us now, Lord, as we go out into this week and we go out into this time knowing that you are our God and that you have prepared us and you have prepared that way. In Jesus' name, amen.